Welcome to the Standard Deviations Podcast, presented by Orion Advisor Solutions and hosted by Dr. Daniel Crosby, Orion's Chief Behavioral Officer and New York Times bestselling author. Each week, Dr. Crosby interviews a fascinating new guest on a range of compelling topics, from literature to psychology to financial wellness. To learn more about Dr. Crosby's behavioral finance work at Orion, visit www.orion.com. Hello, listeners. Before we get started this week, I want to tell you about an exciting new development that we've been working on at Orion. If you go to orion.com slash behavioral dash finance, you will get access to a white paper and more information about a new risk tolerance questionnaire that we've developed that incorporates elements of behavioral finance into it. That's orion.com slash behavioral dash finance. Thanks and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the Standard Deviations Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Crosby. Today, I'm joined by best-selling author and personal finance expert, Anthony O'Neill. He is the author of Debt-Free Degree and host of the popular series, The Table on YouTube, a show that reaches hundreds of thousands every month. Anthony, welcome to the show. Dr. Daniel, man, thank you so much for having me on the show, man. I've been looking forward to it, looking forward to today's conversation. Now we're we're gonna make it uh, we're gonna make it great for the people. So you have an incredible story. At the age of nineteen, you're homeless. You were deep in debt. Now you're part of the Dave Ramsey uh, franchise. You're one of the leading voices in the country, guiding millennials on their financial journeys. How do you get to where you are today from where you were just a few short years ago? What's tell us the story. Take us on that ride. Man, you know, I was blessed and fortunate enough, uh, Daniel, to be raised by four loving parents. You know, I had uh, two biological parents, two step parents, and um, I grew up in a very strong Christian faith home. And um, we had two important conversations about heaven and about not going to jail. (laughs) Uh, But we never talked about money. We never talked about the difference between a credit card and a debit card. Uh, We never talked about how to build wealth. We never talked about pretty much how, how to get and keep money. And so one of the things that I quickly learned uh, when I graduated high school and went off to college is that I wasn't a grown man the way I thought I was a grown man. Mm-hmm. I racked up about $35,000 in debt. $15,000 of that was credit card debt. $10,000 of that were uh, student loans when I didn't even need them because I had my father's GI bill. And then another 10000 of that was furniture bill. Well, I made some bad decisions in, in school and unfortunately it cost me my college experience. So I had to uh, drop out. Uh, earlier on. And then when I dropped out, I lost a job that was attached to it. When I lost a job that was attached to it, I lost my income. I lost my income. I lost my apartment. When I lost my apartment. I was going home. At least I thought so. And when I get home, my father says, no, you think you're a grown man and a grown man doesn't come home. And so um, I went and called all my friends, asked them if I could stay with them. And they quickly told me, no, you know, I'm in trouble too. I got issues over here. I don't have a bed. I don't have a couch. And so for a period of six months of my life, Daniel, I'm sleeping in the back of my car uh, in a Walmart parking lot off of Highway 76 in Oceanside, California. And I am contemplating suicide. I'm, I'm questioning my religion, faith. I'm questioning the love of my family. Um, I hated all of my friends. Um, it, it was a very low, depressing time. And so I had to really come to understand that the caliber of my present was being determined by the choices I made in my past. 
And that the reason why I was in the back of my car wasn't because of my peers. It wasn't because of my friends. I was in the back of the car because of the poor decisions I made. And that if I want to change the caliber of my future, that I need to change the caliber of my decisions today. So I, I really got focused on four particular things in my life, um, which I got very intentional about my spiritual wealth. I got very intentional about building the correct network. I got very intentional about really focusing on my network and very intentional about changing my mindset. And when I did those four things, the very first thing I had to do was go home and apologize to my father and to my parents for saying that I was a grown man when really I wasn't. So my father allowed me to come back home and I really shifted my whole life from there. I shifted what I was putting inside of my mind. I shifted my network and the people who are around me, the ladies I were dating, the friends that I was developing. I started really try, started to understand how I see money and how I should be seeing money. Then I started listening to more podcasts, reading more books, getting more education, and really changing my mind because my business is my mind. It's my number one asset. So that's how I got to where I'm at today. Today, I'm 100% debt-free outside of my mortgage. I don't owe any man anything. Um, I'm traveling around the world and helping people really understand, hey, here's how you can be successful. Whatever success looks like for you, whether that's debt-free, whether that's going to college, whether that's getting a teacher job, whether that's running a marathon, let me help you get there by being hyper-intentional in your spiritual walk, your network journey, your net worth journey, and your mindset. Now, those four things, do, do they apply broadly? When you talk to young people about getting on a good path, do the four things that worked for you work for everyone, do you think? Absolutely. You know, when I say your spiritual walk, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, but you can be something else. And I respect that. Totally. Do. Um, you know, how are you connected spiritually? And then number uh, two is, is your network. All of us have friends. All of us. Have friends. And it was my friends um, that, that they were the reasons why. I got into debt. And it wasn't because of them. It was because I was trying to impress my friends and my friends were not holding me accountable to my goals, to finishing school, to being a young, bright, educated young man in school. And so because they wanted to look good, drive the latest cars, impress the ladies, have the nice things, go spend their student loan refund checks on spring break, on cars, on clothes, I thought I had to blend in because everyone around me we're not high caliber individuals. Then when you look at your net worth, if you want to have a job and if you want to build wealth, you want to pay off your debt and you got to start identifying what are you doing with your money? Where are you going with your money? But then the key ingredient, everything starts up here in our mind. If we can name the latest hip hop song, the latest country song, if we could tell you what's, what happened at the NBA game last night, everyone's talking about, you know, the fight between Floyd Mayweather and that other guy a few weeks ago, you know, everyone's everyone can say everything that's happening in the world. But can you tell me what's the last book you read? Can you tell me what was the last thing you learned from a podcast? What wisdom, what knowledge are you putting inside of your head that you can produce outside of your life that will help you get closer to reaching your definition of success? So when we really break down those four things, it applies to any and everyone. If you want to be successful, if you're intentional in each and every single one of those areas, you will be successful. Now, Daniel, your definition of success may be different from mine, you know, and that's okay. But those four things will help you reach your definition of success, and it will help me reach my definition of success.
So I'm I'm a psychologist, so you're not going to get out of here without talking about mindset. We're gonna we're gonna get there in just a minute. <laughs> we're gonna get there in just a minute. I want to start with with the spirituality piece, though, because I think that's less self evident to many folks. I think your network, your net worth, it, you know, all of these things, even your mindset. I think that's that's evident to many folks. Where do you see the tie between the strong tie between between spiritual wealth and and material wealth? You know, but for me as a Christian, so I don't want to disrespect anyone on the podcast uh, who may not be Christians, but I can speak from my faith. Um, when I think of the spiritual component, uh, my God is my God says, hey, um, I believe all wealthy people come from a, from at least the ones that I know. They come from a place of love. Uh, my God is very generous. And so I want to be very generous. My God is forgiving. I want to be forgiving. Uh, my God is kind. I want to be kind. And, and the wealthy people that I surround myself with, with inside of my network are some of the most generous, kind, loving, fruitful, caring individuals. And they're not selfish. And so for me, if, if you're very in tune with your spiritual walk, and I, and I really understand, and here's the thing too, man, that everything that I have is not mine. I'm just called to be a good steward of everything in my faith belongs to him. Each has trusted me with the clothes, with the car, with the house, with my family, with my income. And so I want to make sure that I'm stewarding that well, that I please my God. And so I think the spiritual component is just a really foundation of the other. Okay, Because your network should be aligned with your spiritual journey. Your network should be aligned with your spiritual journey. Part of the network for me is I give 10% back to my local church to help support our local community. I also give I'm an extra 5% uh, just out there to the homeless people because I was once homeless and I want to serve into them. So I believe it is better to give than it is to receive. That comes from my spiritual background. And then mindset, you know, foundation of the spiritual. Like, what am I putting inside of my mind? Junk in, junk out. Healthy in, healthy. If I speak life, if I believe in life, then I'm going to produce. And so the spiritual component is really not a fourth component. It's, a, it's really the foundation of all three components that we all stand on. And again, if you're not a Christian, you can tie your spiritual component into those three. But everyone needs to have a solid network. Everyone needs to be focusing on what they want to accomplish within their network. And everyone needs to make sure that their mind is helping them gear towards it. So it, it's fascinating. I think, you know, if we look at the research around happiness and money, there's there's really only a couple of ways you can spend money uh, that that make you happy. One is time with people you love, right? Time and experiences with people you love. Another one is getting yourself out of stuff you hate, right? Is like cleaning your house, you know, cleaning your house, mowing the yard, whatever it is. That's a powerful way to spend money. But the most powerful of all is to give it away, right? When we look at the research around money, people are so much happier when they're giving money away than when they're spending it on themselves. So whatever, you know, whatever your, your, your meaning or, or your faith tradition or whatever your basis for, for spirituality or, or meaning uh, may be, the, the science is there that, that giving is, is definitely more powerful than receiving. So you're, you're onto something there. So let's get, to, let's get to the mindset. You know, I spent some time on your YouTube channel. Absolutely fantastic. Hope everyone will check it out. Uh, you shared some some practical tips there for changing our mindset and winning with money. 
Now, let me, as the shrink kind of set the table here, we're talking in, in early June 2021, right? We're coming off 18 months of craziness and uh, a yeah. 4X, a 4X increase in the number of people seeking psychiatric help, a 4X increase both in the US and in the UK uh, of people making calls to suicide hotlines. Like we've had, we've had a pandemic, but we've had an accompanying mental health crisis and accompanying isolation and loneliness. So with the backdrop of everything we've been through, Anthony, what can people do to get their minds right, you know, big picture and also with their money in these troubling times? You know, in these troubling times, man, I tell everyone to mind your business because your mind is a business. What, how do you build your business? You, you pretty much spend time and identify what your business needs to be healthy and to grow. One of the very first things that I tell people when it comes to your mindset is to identify your why. Because if your why doesn't make you cry, then the price of commitment will make you cry. So if you want to shift your mindset, you need to go deep down into your soul and identify why do you want the things that you want? Why do you want to be a school teacher? Why do you want to be a doctor? Why do you want to be out of debt? Why do you want this? Why do you want that? And then I identify that because that's going to make life easier when you're moving forward. Another thing to help us out when it comes to our mindset you know, this is something that I'm actually about to do, Daniel, uh, here in a few weeks, is get off of social media. You know, cut off Instagram, get off Clubhouse, get off TikTok, get off Snapchat, get off Facebook, get off YouTube, you know, and just really spend a, a couple of weeks just getting rid of the world and just really honing into your life, into your assignment, into your purpose, into your dreams, into your success. Because oftentimes, whether we know this and, and you're more expertise in this area than I am, we could be on Instagram just flipping through our friends' pages and we could be happy for them. But then subliminally, we're like, yo, I wish I did that. Dang, I wish I had that. Man, I wish I could go there. When really what we need to be doing is focusing in on our life. So every July, I spend two weeks from July 2nd all the way to July 15th, and I have no access to social media. I'm only on my phone for phone calls because I just want to re retune myself uh, for my life. And I don't want the world to tell me what I should be thinking, uh, what I should be wanting, what I should be seeing. No, I need to make sure that I'm identifying that. So when I have a clear why, I make sure that I get off social media often uh, just to reset my mind. And then number three, man, is uh, be okay with you. You know, and, and I tell everyone this, if, if there's nothing wrong with going to see a therapist, I see a therapist two times a month. I'm not sick. I haven't been told by a doctor I need to go see a therapist. No, I've been told by myself <laughs> that, <laughs> hey, I would rather you get your oil change in your head up front than get all of it down to the back. And because you didn't change your oil, because you didn't take care of your mind, now you have to go see a therapist to kind of rebuild your engine, rebuild your mind. And so for me, there are certain things that I can't tell my family. There are certain things that I can't tell my coworkers. There are certain things that I can't tell my friends. And so a therapist can help me walk through, why am I thinking like this? Why am I processing it this way? I mean, it helps me really understand how my mind processes things, why my heart feels a certain kind of way. And here's something that I've learned, uh, Daniel, is sometimes when I'm offended, it's not because of what they said. It's because of some of the insecurities and thoughts that I have inside of my own mind. Mm -hmm. That if I can honestly just get 
and understand that I can have a healthier life. I could be a healthier leader. I could be a healthier speaker. I could be a healthier friend. And so if you really want to change your mindset, man, there's so many different ways you can go out there, but get you, get you a counselor, get you a therapist, but then you go see them once a month, once every other month, just start. Um, even if you think you're perfectly fine, I promise you, your therapist will identify something inside of you <laughs> that you will need help on. Uh, but spend some time off of social media, cut off the world, unplug from the world so you can really just spend some time with yourself and identify that one. So I've I've written a book about goals-based investing and, and really it's all about sort of why-based investing would be sort of a, a colloquial way to, to talk about it. And my favorite study from that whole book showed that people who looked at a picture of their children before they made a financial decision, they were two times as likely to save and not make financial mistakes, like sort of spending decisions that they'd regret. So just the simple act of recentering on that why, right? Just like simply bringing it back into focus uh, on that why. And with respect to the mental health thing, um, I had to go to a therapist in, in order to become a therapist. I mean, that was part of my program, right? It's like the whole time we were, we were giving therapy, we had to get therapy. And the times that I was in intensive therapy are the times that I was the best friend, the best partner, the best human being. Uh, if you've never been to therapy, I, I love the point you made. Nobody told you you had to go. You're not sad. You're not anxious. Like It's just about self-improvement and self-knowledge and self-understanding. It's a lesson in there for all of us to learn. So I want to talk about economic mobility right now and, and, and whether or not, let's, let's get real, whether or not the American dream is dead, right? We look at America, uh, we look at mobility in this country. It's, it's half of what it was uh, for, for someone born in 1980. So someone about my age, right? Uh, economic mobility or the ability to kind of climb the ladder is half of what it was for someone born in 1940. I want to talk about, you've, you've talked a lot about personal responsibility and your sort of four pillars. Are there things that we can do as a society or as a community? And are there things that we can do individually to increase access to wealth and economic mobility? You know, when, when I think about this subject, you know, um, is, yes, there is. Uh, we got to stop waiting on the government to start handing things to us. And we got to start taking care of our own health. When you say, is there anything that, that we could do in the community? Absolutely. It starts with education. Why is it that we're teaching our middle schoolers and our high schoolers how to go to college, go to college, or the main thing, to go out there and get a job, get a job to get income, but we're not teaching them how to deal with the income. We're not teaching them how, how to flip the money, invest the money, uh, build wealth. But we're teaching them how to read, write, process, and add so they can go get a job. But then we're not teaching them what to do when they get the job, which is the main thing for their income. And so for me, if we can start with education, we can start making sure that every middle schooler and high schooler has to have some form of basic financial literacy taught inside of the schools. How to budget. What's the difference between a credit card and debit card? What is a Roth IRA? What is a 401k? What is an S&P 500? What, what are Bitcoins and, and, and the stock market. I mean, let's, let's teach them the basics. Let's give them education. Let's give them the knowledge of what it, what it takes. Isn't it funny? I, and I can go here with you because you're a therapist. We teach them sex education, but we don't teach them money education. Mm -hmm. that, that is so confusing to me. 
Here's how you have sex a safe way. Okay, cool. Here's how you do and live with your money the safe way. And so if we can start with education, especially in our lower, uh, lower economic communities, uh, preferably in your minority communities, man, we'll see such a huge gap. But then also at the same time, when it comes to ourselves, um, here's it. We got to just live below our means. Uh, we did a study here recently um, in a book called Everyday Millionaire. We studied over 11,000 millionaires. And one of the things that we learned, some of the top three millionaires, school teachers and accountants. <laughs> school teachers on the average, depending on where you are, if you're living in California, you're making $60,000. If you're living in North Carolina, you're making $40,000, sometimes $35,000, depending upon where you are. But these school teachers are living below their means. They are investing. They are saving for emergencies. And they're retiring with a million, two million, three million dollars inside their investments and living off of the interest. I interviewed a, a school teacher. She makes $62,000, Daniel, $62,000 on average throughout her entire year. She invested from day one into all of her investment accounts, right? She's retiring with $2.2 million inside <laughs> her investment. She's, going, she's not going to pull the $2.2 million out. She's only going to pull the interest out. Well, the interest is going to be right around 9.5%, 10% of whenever she retires. Man, that's $80,000, $90,000 that she's going to have. She's getting a pay raise to go retire. <laughs> Why? Because for years, she was living below her means. She wasn't out here racking up debt. She wasn't up here trying to do a whole bunch of things that a lot of people are doing. So we're both in the 80s, babies, man. Let's be real. We want to look good. We want to fake it until we make it. We want to drive the latest and greatest cars. We want to have the latest and greatest stuff on when there's nothing wrong with that. But is are the priorities taken care of? Are we debt free? Uh, do we have a fully funded emergency fund? Are we investing to our 401ks, into our Roth IRAs, into some mutual funds? Are we even starting businesses? Are we becoming homeowners? Are we taking care of the foundation so that way when we do get older, because mobility is saying that we may not have, but if we take accountability for our choices, we don't have to be a part of that stat. We can change that stat for myself, for my family, for our kids. So I think from the community, community has to step up and start teaching financial education to our younger people, and not just to our younger people, really all people, because all people need the education. And then there's a personal accountability part. Or even if you are making $40,000, you have to figure out how to live below your means, start investing into the right places. So last, last question here before we get to the Nashville versus ATL lightning round. Uh, you, one, of your, one of your key messages is, is that people should, should not just be surviving, that they should be thriving financially. Absolutely. And yet, you know, by any measure, people in this country are hurting financially. We got most people can't cover a $500 emergency. We got, you know, woeful retirement preparedness. Uh, financial stressors are the number one stressors in folks' lives. It's the number one cause of divorce. What does it mean to thrive instead of survive at a time when so many people are, are, are barely hanging on? You know, when I think of thriving, it means we're not chasing the money. We're, we're chasing the opportunities that come with the money. We're not, we're not trying to make a lot of money. No, we're, we're making money so we can have options. We can have freedom. So we can have peace. So we can have joy. That's thriving. Surviving is I'm going to work because I have to make money to pay my bills tomorrow. And so how do we go from surviving to thriving? Number one is you got to take debt off the table. Bottom line, 
when you take debt off of the table, you got to have a clear vision. It goes back to what we said earlier. You got to have a clear why. Why do you want to be debt? Why do you want to go to thriving? Why do you want to thrive? What, what, is, what does thriving mean for you? When you can take debt off of the table and you can go ahead and get a clear vision for your life, then the next step from there is just live below your means. Look at your budget. See, what, what can you cut out? And I think a lot of people, when they hear this, it's like, oh, my gosh, I got to live cheap. I got to live broke. No, you don't. Oh, I'm going to be real. Like, I like nice things. I drive an expensive car. You know, I live in a very nice home. I have a high taste. But here's the thing. For years, I focused on making sure my priorities was covered so I can enjoy the nice things. <clears throat> Oftentimes, what we do is we jump to the nice things and we can't enjoy it because we're living paycheck to paycheck. And even to help out your study you said earlier, because I really want your listeners to hear this, 52% of the people in America do not have $1,000 in their savings account. 52% of people in America do not have $1,000 in their savings account. That is scary. That is alarming. That is, that is not good. These are people who are surviving. 80% of people are living paycheck to paycheck, meaning that they don't even have $100 left by the time they get to their next paycheck. That is scary. Again, how do we do that? Debt. Debt is the number one robber of our goals, of our dreams. If we can eliminate debt, if we can get a good, solid paycheck, and I want to encourage anyone who's listening to this right now, you're saying, hey, Anthony, I want to pay off my debt, but my income is kind of short. I want them to check out this guy named Ken Coleman. He's out there helping people really uh, get their dream jobs, get their dream careers, helping to figure out how to build uh, and make more income because income is a huge factor of that. Sure. So if you are making $35,000, we need to get you up to fifty, fifty-five thousand $55,000. <laughs> go see my boy, Ken Coleman. He can help you out. And that's how we go from surviving to thriving. Perfect. So time is short, but I want to get in a lightning round. You're in Nashville. I'm actually headed to Nashville tomorrow for my first business trip in ages. I'm in Atlanta. We're doing the, the two great Southern cities head to head. The first question is so sad. When I wrote this question a few days ago, the first question was Derek Henry or Julio Jones. The, Titan, the Titans got both of them now. Got them. Advantage Nashville. <laughs> No longer a Got Falcon. Him. Nashville, Nashville, first point. Okay, hip hop or country? Oh, hip hop, man. Come on now. <laughs> okay, Atlanta. Atlanta takes one back. It's going to come down to the deciding, uh, the deciding factor. Do we want ATL lemon pepper uh, wings or do we want Nashville hot chicken? Ah, ATL lemon pepper wings. There you go. And I'm honestly, gonna... if you had to ask me Nashville or Atlanta, I would choose Atlanta all day. I'm a brother, so, you know, my people are in Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta wins this argument. I can't argue Nashville or Atlanta. Nah, Atlanta got this one. No ifs, ands. All right. Well, well, thank you. We've it, it helps soften the sting of losing Julio a little bit. So, Anthony, you've been fantastic. If people want to follow your work, if they want to check out the YouTube channel, buy your book, tell us where, where folks can find you. Man, it's very simple. Go to anthonyoneal.com. You'll find everything uh, there about myself. And what I love about it is we've taken on the MBA philosophy. So when you go to anthonyneal.com, you're actually going to be um, on RamseySolutions.com. You'll be able to learn more about me, Ken Coleman, uh, Christy Wright. I mean, you'll be able to learn more about all of our personalities and everything we had to offer here at Ramsey Solutions because we're, we're all one big family. So you can go there, find all my social media information, my show, uh, YouTube, you name it. But then while you're there, man, slide on over. 
check out my boy King Comus. I don't over and check out uh, my mentor and friend, uh, Dave Ramsey, uh, and let us help you reach your goals when it comes to being successful. All righty, sir. Thanks for all you've shared with us today. Have a great one. You too, man. Appreciate your time, Daniel. Uh-huh. Thanks for tuning in to Standard Deviations. If you can't wait till next week for more behavioral finance insights, visit www.orion.com. All opinions expressed by Dr. Daniel Crosby and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of or endorsement by Orion and its affiliates, subsidiaries, and employees. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for legal, tax, and investment decisions. The opinions are based upon information the participants consider reliable.